and a good Friday evening to all of everybody who is joining us here on the Sports Keto Wrestling Facebook and Twitter channels. And for the first time ever over on YouTube on Wrestle Binge. Appreciate everybody tuning in today. Hope you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great Black Friday. You got your deals, whatever you needed to get done. Dutch, I know you were out shopping. That's why you got yeah, I had a busy day today. I had to go out. I robbed a 7-Eleven first, and then the police oh. got after me. Yeah, and they were chasing me, and we ran a bunch of red lights and stuff. It was getting kind of dangerous, and it was late in the afternoon, so I called them up, and I said, listen, why don't we stop this now before somebody gets hurt, and we'll start it back in the morning mm. about 8 o'clock. And they said, yeah, it sounds good to me. So, so I, I got to go to bed because I got to meet the cops. We got to have another race tomorrow, but I'll get away. Don't worry. So. Oh, copy that. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's, it's a good thing the show was on early tonight for, for those of you who might have, have missed it. Rampage was on at four o'clock um, this afternoon. Uh, I was able to catch bits and pieces while I was working on my other job. I know SP3 was was all over it, so we will dive into Rampage coming up here in a little bit. But let us start with SmackDown. And the reason why we're late starting the show today than we were supposed to be is because UCLA and Cal ran over. So for uh, all of you guys who are not in the United States, um, y'all saw the show in real time. We were delayed by 10 minutes uh, on the dot. And, 20, 20, actually. And by the time that the show for us started, thankfully at least they started it at the beginning so we could actually see what had happened. The whole opening of the show was spoiled for us. For anybody who is on social media, we all knew what the hell was happening. So, you know, we missed it in real time. It didn't stop the opening of the show from being uh, what we all expected, what most of us were hoping. Just, just wanted to point out, Big Brain SP3 realized that the UK feed was already going, so I switched over to that. I was able to catch it without getting spoiled. Oh, well, there you go. All right, well, good good for SP3 on that. I, I what, what Switch over to the UK feed. What do you got, NordVPN or something? What do you, what do you got going Absolutely. On? Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, I, it's not Nord. It's uh, Express VPN. Oh, whatever. You got a VPN. You're able to switch where it is. So that and I have these. I have these sites that people can use. Just hit me up. You got your ways. That's you got my ways. Me. I'll, I'll make sure ways. to send you a message the next time that this happens because it's probably going to happen again on Fox. I'm sure at some point down the road. But after everybody lost their damn mind, <laughs> the show started uh, a little bit later. We open up with damage control already in the ring. Bianca Belair introduces uh, her team members, and then she said, we didn't come alone. SP3, we knew this was probably going to be what was going to happen. This is what makes the most sense from a storyline standpoint outside of Candice LeRae, who was also written off via a damage control attack. Apparently, she is still actually injured right now. She could not do this match. So the fact that Becky Lynch, back as the man once again. The the giant floating big-time Bex is gone. Back to the man entrance once again. Babyface Bex is back. This is what makes the most sense. Damage control riding her off. And this is something you and I have talked about ad nauseum. This whole Bianca Belair, Bailey damage control situation started at SummerSlam with damage control across the ring. Bianca and Becky standing on the other side. Becky's injury. Did not allow that story to continue. It's it's very fitting that Becky's able to come back for this match where supposedly this story arc is going to come to an end. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I like Becky Lynch's addition to War Games. She has as a bunch of star power to the lineup that they have. She got a huge pop, massive pop here uh, for her return. It was it was uh, it was tremendous. So and got a great reaction. She looked good, looking great shape. Yep. Looked like she has been well rested, recovering from the separated shoulder. So I'm happy to see her back, but. WWE could have booked this segment a whole lot better because I'm sorry, New York is the home market and we were delayed also. So you don't put the, the return of Becky Lynch in the first two minutes of the show. Yeah. It took me, it took me three minutes to find to realize that the UK feed was starting and I and I caught Becky Lynch going down the aisle. So I missed the big yeah. pop moment. So you did that. You could have had Bailey talk for like like three, four minutes to build it up. Like, it was like, they were like, all right, let's get this, let's do it real quick, because we got people watching, so let's get it out the way real quick, because that's what we're here for. No, when you build up a big segment, and that's the big hook for the show, yeah, at, it least, was. at least put it, like, five minutes after the start of the show. Like, it, I, I would put it at the main event, so people watch the whole show to get to it, but or, or at least at least five minutes of a promo before you get to the return. I felt okay. like this, the pacing of this segment was not well done. So I got a question. Yeah, go ahead. Doug. They didn't start taping at eight o'clock, and just when we tuned in, they just started feeding it to no, us. No, they okay, they so started when at we eight. tuned in. That's when they started. No, yeah. it started at eight p.m. It's eight p.m. on the dot. It started at eight p.m. for everywhere. So how, but WWE us. know the game was going to. I mean, they probably knew it was going to run long, but they said, "Well, we'll just start taping, and when they come back, we'll play this." You you're talking about putting it on first at any time, right? Not not even. I mean, not today. Well, I, I think what, what Sid what Sid is saying here is is we we live in a world with with technology, and yeah, you can run it on tape delay and still start it at eight ten from the beginning. But by that point, you know, word was out, right? You know, it was all over Twitter. People are texting their friends, "Holy sh Becky Lynch is back!" This, that, and the other thing. It basically spoiled it for the entire United States who hadn't seen it yet. It was already old news at that point. So I get where Sid is coming from, if not the main event, because this was the big hook for the entire show. You had Bianca come out and make an announcement that she was going to make an announcement. That was the hook to get people to come into and watch the show, at least put it at the start of the nine o'clock hour. At the very least, put it at that spot, especially when you know there is a possibility because it's football. And that was a close game. Thank God that dude fumbled the ball. Otherwise, we might not have even started until 825, 830. And they could have gone to overtime, and then we really could have been screwed. <coughs> Excuse me. So it was a bit of a cluster the way they they set so this you, up. You think it spoiled the enjoyment of a lot of fans? For the, I mean, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying the pacing wasn't well done. I felt like they were rushing to get to it. It felt like they were rushing yeah. to just get Becky out there. Like they were like, "Oh, we we told everybody this is the hook for the show, so let's get it in within two minutes of the start of the show." And I'm like. No, that's not what I would have done. I would have at least, at least if you're going to do it in the first segment, at least build up to it. Give Bailey like a, a promo and give us some name drop some of the people that fans are already thinking that's not going to be it. Yeah. Say that, yeah. oh, is it going to be, is it going to be Candice LeRae? No, we took care of her. Is it Rhea? You have problems with Beth Phoenix, but we haven't seen her since she took, the, like, you know, say yeah. some of that stuff, build it up. They were just like, no, hey, Bailey, Be uh, Bailey seems already in the ring. Here comes ba Bianca. Bianca yeah. says something real quick. Becky Lynch, there we go. Like, it was like they, a rush. They, they paced this like it was an episode of Rampage. 
Yeah. Like they had yeah, it felt like it, it felt like I missed something. I'm gonna tell yeah. Tony Khan. I'm gonna tell Tony Khan you said that. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's, it. that's not it. a shot. They had two hours to fill. Rampage, you're trying to cram everything into what 43 minutes because they got so many commercials, they also got to run. So it felt like they were trying to cram everything down into that segment. So I understand what he's saying. And, um, and, yeah, tease them a little bit. We knew it was going to be Becky, but tease us just a little bit. And give a shout out to, to Stephen Chambers because immediately when SmackDown wasn't on Fox, I turned to FS1 and they're replaying the World Cup game from earlier today. I'm like, why you don't have on SmackDown? That's all. You should have FS1. You're playing a replay of a game that just went off. Why don't you have the SmackDown feed? Like, we're on FS1 for the first couple of minutes, and then we're going to be on Fox when the game is done. Like, have some inter interconnection with your, your, your networks here. Now, I, I don't know what the, the rights are for, you know, NCAA and, you know, WWE, this, that, and the other thing. I don't know who it's – obviously, at, at the football game takes precedent. We couldn't at least get, like, a picture-in-picture – for any of the mark, at least for the markets outside of UCLA and Cal, the only people who give a damn about that freaking game in the first place. Uh, nah, they don't. We they don't think. Yeah, we got nothing. Like the game. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, SmackDown will be on momentarily or whatever. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then we got the kneel downs. Then we had to take a four minute commercial break. Then we had to come back and say, "Oh, hey, yeah, UCLA held on to win." Then we had to take another four minute commercial break, and I'm just like. Can we put the damn show on the air, please, for the love of God? Well, actually, they thought about tape day laying it, and they we we got to see it. I was pissed that I missed it, but still, when it happened, we enjoyed it there when Becky Lynch's music hit, and then she came down. And immediately, the thing that I liked about this segment, immediately she gets in the ring and she throat punches Bailey, and it's her and Bailey going at one another because after War Games is over, whichever team wins, the, the it's wide open. You can do Becky and Bailey right after that. The one feud between four horsewomen that we have not really had on the main roster since they came up in 2016, it, it all systems go from this point out. That's what I want to see next. I'm agreeing. What Rick said, I agree with it. Rick, you okay, buddy? <laughs> I think yeah, he's, he's I'm getting, I'm getting the coughs out. I, I am getting better, but the more I talk, the more I cough, and I did a, a four-hour radio show today, so I'm already a little uh, horse, a little horse. Uh, yeah, so we're trying to get we're trying to get through it today. All right, I'm doing the best. Well, that man I can. said would take over if you'd shut up a minute. <laughs> uh, well, well, Dutch, you you this got guy, the teams now. I'm complete. just I'm you're looking at you like, okay, I'm agreeing, I'm agreeing. Uh, let me ask and you I know this. You're question. See, let my, me ask my whole, right, well shut up and let me ask you a question. Damn is, is, is your recovery. All right. Let me ask you this, Dutch, because no, you you, I, you, you <laughs> I've seen all those videos on YouTube, like you got a driver's license? No. Can you identify yourself? No. Am I being arrested? No. So you can't ask me any questions. I I have uh I, I have seen your, your recent social media posts. I know you have been in some extreme matches in your day. How difficult is it for a, a situation to put Becky Lynch in? She has not been in, in any action since SummerSlam. Now she's coming back, and she's immediately being thrust into war games. How how difficult is that going to be uh, for her? Yeah. I, I think she... I think she... It's like ride a bicycle. You never forget. So she's just going to go out there, and once it gets going, she'll, she'll be fine. 
I do agree, though. I think they should have held off on that segment a little bit and kept pushing, coming up, coming up, coming up. We're going to see who's going to be the fifth member. That's the correct way to do it. I agree. But maybe they saw it differently, which they did. So they put it on first. In the end, we were off and running. And uh, after that segment ended, we moved on to our first match of the night, which was our World Cup semifinal matchup. Yes, Dutch? Question? Yes. What was that guy's name against Ricochet? I mean, not Ricochet. Uh... Against Butch? Yeah, who was that? It was Butch and Santos Escobar. Okay, Escobar, somewhere in that, he looked a little messed up. Did you see that? And the referee had looked at him, and like he said, are you okay? Or, or, was that just, missed that spot. or was that just me? Did you see that, Sid? I think I saw a moment where the referee went over to him, but I wasn't sure if he was, like, hurt or well, anything like that. He went across the ring and just fell down. Yeah. I said, what the hell happened there? I think he may have just stumbled, though. I didn't see him, like, showing any effects, in, you know, after the match. Okay. I was just wondering. Yeah, I mean, he looked, he, looked, he looked good at the finish. He was able to uh, deliver the Phantom Driver uh, very well in a match that I think this was a, a pretty predictable outcome. Butch already got the big match at, at, at War Games tomorrow night, obviously. Um, what do you think, Dutch, about the, the video distraction? We're in the middle of a match, and then all of a sudden, somebody just decides to throw up on the Titantron. Um, this big old brawl that's going on backstage between the Bloodline, KO, and Drew. So you get the the brutes that leave the ring. That allows Legato del Fantasma to play the numbers game, which allows Santos to pick up the win over Butch. Just I, have never, I have never liked that because if you can't keep your attention span focused when you're trying to beat another guy and you're going to pay attention to the screen, there's something wrong. I have never, never liked that, but it seems like the people in charge now do. But I didn't like it before because, you know, you try to uh, get away from your the idea that it's pre-planned and it's structured. But seeing stuff like that, you say, what the? It just yeah. takes the any realism that was there, which is not high to begin with. It just floats out the door. I, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, immediately I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, who threw that up there and, and why did they decide to just throw that up there? Yeah. It, it, it's one of life's great, great mysteries there. It is. It is a great mystery. It is. I mean, this is another segment that I was like, I, I liked it. I liked the match. It was a decent enough match. I didn't think they got enough time or to and focus to really get it going, but it was starting to get into that next gear as, as we went into the finish. And then they did the finish wrong. Yeah, my only question was, who was it that told the production team to have the camera go on the Titantron at that point or told the camera to start rolling or brought the camera over there? I'm confused because then you established later on in the night, it wasn't Sami Zayn. He wasn't even in the building. Yeah, Roman exactly. Reigns wasn't here tonight. Paul Heyman wasn't here tonight. So who was it from the bloodline that yeah. decided that Butch was important enough to cost him his World Cup by showing him that when you could have easily done this by having them brawl to the stage? And then that's just a simple distraction because they're there. Then you have Sheamus and Ridge run to make the save for Drew and KO. That distracts Butch. Then you can have Zelina distract the referee, do the same finish, but you just do it in a more logical way that doesn't have a big question mark about it. 
See, SP3, they need to create a job in WWE and give it to you, and that is common sense coordinator. Yeah. Yes, they do. Because you you do, and this is one of the things I love about you. You 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 look at something that WWE goes does, and then go, well, why the fuck didn't they just do it like this? And then I go, yeah, you know that actually makes a lot a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it makes a ton of sense. So yeah, it is what it is. I I think this was the right decision. Uh, maybe not the best way to get there, but uh, so I I love how they are presenting Santos Escobar. They are just letting this dude shine like the star that he is. Um, and considering, why don't we hop around here a little bit, considering the result of the other semifinal matchup tonight, which was a result I think a lot of us were hoping that we would see, uh, Mr. Flippy Floppy getting the win over Braun Strowman tonight um, in another one of these distraction, dumb baby face type situation, but at least with... At least this one was a little bit more acceptable with Imperium coming down to the ring. They wanted, after what we saw last week, which we all talked about, we we did not like Gunther running away from Braun Strowman, but clearly they saw him as a big enough threat that they did not want him to win the World Cup matchup. They come down, they cause the distraction. Ricochet hops up there, puts all the weight that he can down on that crucifix pin, gets the one, two, three. Imperium attacks Braun after the match. Ricochet does the nice guy thing, makes the save, and you know, he and Braun kind of, you know, bones it up and hey, everything's cool. You're good with the flippy floppy comments. I'm gonna move on to the finals now. So we get Ricochet and Santos Escobar. SP3, were you uh, a little surprised that they went ahead? Because last week we talked about it. It looked like they were setting up Gunther and, and Strowman, so he was a clear favorite just a week ago. Now he actually does get beat by Ricochet. I thought that was a little surprising tonight. Yeah, it was a little surprising. I mean, it was what I was hoping for once Santos won because I was like, yeah, it makes sense based on the booking last week for, you know, Braun to win this whole tournament. But I don't want to see Braun Strowman versus Santos Escobar. I feel like yeah. their styles would not. See Braun Strowman, period. I mean, I don't that too. He just walks to the ring by himself. I still don't want to see him. I mean, he's just not an exciting guy. I mean, he's just the monster of all monsters. Wait a minute. He gets a hell of a reaction from the crowd, though, Dutch. He really I does. Hey, he don't get a hell of a reaction from me, though. I'm talking about me. <laughs> me. But you also, when you get people inside of a building, I don't think uh, Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman, he's the one that's getting them there. WWE's getting them there, and Roman Reigns is getting them there, and all the other guys. And, yeah, but, but to me, his matches aren't aren't really bangers they're just there and he goes over and he gets up and walks around and he's he's just not my cup of cafe I, I should say but you like him right rick i i like him for what he does you know he's going to come out there you know he's going to beat the hell out of some people and more often than not it's it's good for what what he goes out there and does, well, uh, and the crowd glad, likes it. He's, I am glad they let uh, they let Gunther get on him this time. Yeah, a little bit made yeah. up for last week because last week was just senseless. Why would he run from the guy? He don't run from anybody. Yeah, I, and, and I think and I think Gunther kind of is looking forward to this match because you can tell on his face. Come on, come on, it's big guys. It's not those flippy floppy guys. He may change his mind when them 
Gunther stops pounding on his ass a little bit. He said, let's, let's do some flippy floppy stuff. <laughs> I, th I think I think Gunther is going out on a mission to finally give Braun Strowman another great match because I feel in in my eyes really he hasn't had great matches since his original you know baby face well, the, when the fans turned him baby face WWE thought he was a heel against Roman Reigns but the fans turned him baby face against Roman Reigns and he had great matches against Roman had great matches against Big Show but. That was like four years ago now. It's, mm -hmm. it, we're in a what have you done for me lately business. And Braun hasn't really gave us a lot of big, you know, great matches in the past. And I think Gunther is the guy that can solve that because Gunther is an instant banger, an instant match of the yeah. year every time out. And I think they're doing a slow burn type of feud between them. And I would have loved, I've said this with, with Rick, I believe, before this week on a Survivor Series pre-prediction show, and I'll say it here, should have done a Survivor Series traditional match on tomorrow's show but with Braun and Gunther on two different teams. Put Gunther, Imperium, uh, Legato Del Fantasma on one team and have them go against uh, Braun, New Day, and Hit Row. Boom. Just throw those guys in there. Do a Survivor Series traditional uh, match because that's the part about Survivor Series we all grew up on, we all love. Just because you're rebranded and making it war games doesn't mean you need to get away from that. Yeah, at least have one on the card because we we have the war games part of Survivor Series, but we we don't have the Survivor Series part of Survivor Series. So it it is what it is. Uh, let's talk about the two guys who are in the finals of the World Cup now. Uh, Stephen Chambers saying, "Do you guys see Ricochet being the one that beats Gunther for the IC title?" I do not because hey, I think. Uh, what's his name? Stephen. Please, are you are you are you drinking again? You, you are put the pipe down. I knew that was coming. No, Ricochet is not beating Gunther. If they did, I'm turning off my TV forever. Ricochet is not going to be the one that beats Gunther because I don't think Ricochet is getting past Santos Escobar next week. I think Santos Escobar is winning the World Cup, and I would not be surprised if they put the Intercontinental Title on Santos Escobar by having Braun Strowman return the favor for what happened to him tonight. they could, the, I could see Braun helping Santos win the Intercontinental title, and then they kind of push Gunther and Strowman off away from the championship and put something on Santos Escobar. I could see them doing that. I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, but I do think Santos is going to win this tournament. SB3, who do you, who do you like between Ricochet and Santos? I thought, I thought they set up Ricochet from the beginning of this whole tournament when he said that he was going to win the tournament and go back for his championship. And Gunther approached him then. I thought they set the seeds well that they were kind of going to use this tournament to kind of rebuild Ricochet back up to the contender spot. And then he's probably going to lose to Gunther in a great match, probably better than their first two matches if they get more. Time and it's on like a a big if it's in a big main event spot i think it can deliver there so i think ricochet has this i don't i don't like the whole heel versus heel matchup especially for a new heel who's not quite over on the main roster like santos i don't like the idea of gunther losing the intercontinental title anytime soon i don't like the the idea of braun and gunther feuding without the intercontinental title so yeah i don't like anything that involves the santos side of this I didn't say necessarily it would be the smart decision to make. I'm just saying I could see that scenario playing out because I do think that Triple H is clearly behind Santos Escobar, just the way that he has been presented. 
you could immediately make him a major player by putting the intercontinental title on him. I could see that being a direction they go. We'll see how it uh, things shake out. I don't, um, I don't see that. I don't see the same thing you do. I don't, I don't think they've presented Santos as like a big player that's getting a major push. I don't think they've done that at all. He lost a six man tag already. Like he's been on the losing side already. If they had kept him undefeated, then I'd be on your side and the, they're keeping he, him strong. He, they're keeping him at a certain them, level. Though. But still, he's been on the losing side. Like the Gunther wasn't even on the losing side of tag matches when he was with Ludwig Kaiser when they were trying to build him up before he won the Intercontinental title. That's the difference. That was the that's when I, I said I was like, oh, Vince actually likes Gunther because he was getting that type of push. And the push that Santos is getting is more like he's just a mid-card guy from NXT that we're keeping in the mid-card. That's the booking that I'm seeing there. Not that Triple H has big plans for. All right, what did we think about uh, Bray Wyatt's promo there tonight, Dutch? Uh, he came out after, after L.A. Knight uh, got absolutely uh, trashed, or brayed, uh, as he would say, uh, last week. Uh, he came out, say, y'all want to see The Fiend? I don't want to be that monster anymore. Swears he was not the one who attacked L.A. Knight. And then we get uh, good old Uncle Howdy back up on the screen, basically calling Bray, liar, liar, pants on fire type situation there. And then we get L.A. Knight, who is selling his injuries. I thought L.A. Knight had a great promo. And then later on the night, he gets attacked once again. Uh, <laughs> it looks like they are slow playing this one uh, for sure. I thought maybe they could add a match like this on tomorrow's card that only has five matches. But this is the right move to continue to slow play this. You can build this up for a while. And what they're doing so far, I, I, am, I am enjoying it. What about you? It worked. It worked. It worked for me. I like Bray Wyatt, because I envision him, somebody actually sitting him down and say, why did you do that? And he says, do what? Because he denies all of it. Yeah. He said, you set that up. He said, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Well, something did it. You said, I don't know. I don't even remember. And he would be telling the truth. Unlike Sami Zayn tonight, who mm -hmm. lied, flat up lied, outside the door and we just all saw it now is that a thing to teach young children to just lie your ass off in front of them but anyway the Bray thing I thought was good I, I like his entrance and it, he's over and they're staying with him so I, but you know this is from Bray Wyatt's head I don't think creative has that much I mean, he presents the ideas. Oh, for sure. Them, and they say, "Yeah, it sounds great." And so far, he's he's batting a hundred on it. Yeah, uh, Triple H basically laid out, you know, what the creative process is with it, what his job is with Bray Wyatt in an interview he did with Ariel Hawani on on BT Sport. Uh, basically, Bray comes to the ideas, and Triple H's job is to rein him in. And is to kind of focus and point the tornado. That's that's what Triple H said. Is like, look, this guy's got to come in with all these great ideas. We got to get him focused on on one and take it a step at a time and and point the tornado in a positive direction. SP3, I think they're doing that. Um, I think the pacing of this is really good. I like the interjection of LA Knight here because it it gives Bray something to do while he is still feuding with himself. 
yeah, he needed somebody to kind of direct this all onto to kind of to see if he if you can create this type of character that can interact with the other characters on this show. And I think they're doing it superbly so far. I think this uh, feud has been done uh very well uh just week by week is very episodic with the things that we're uh learning about the bray wyatt character the different layers with the uncle howdy edition and him telling him you're the snake in the cage but it's still a snake a snake in the cage is still a snake i love all that stuff and talk about you know he's still he's lying to himself he's trying to hide who he truly is so the uncle howdy stuff is great bray is great in this and la Knight, i feel like is slowly but surely getting over and then the addition of this feud altogether, along with what's going on with like the bloodline, makes SmackDown the 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 hot show now. It's back to being the hot show once again, and it has been for the past month or so since Bray Wyatt returned to to SmackDown. It feels like everything important is happening on SmackDown and not so much on Raw. So I definitely got the thumbs up for the Bray Wyatt LA Night feud. Let's move on to uh, the Viking Raiders versus Hit Row. Um... Well, Hit Row went down faster than that. Yeah, this is the worst return of the Triple H regime. It took about a week to feel like they've been here for years. (laughs) That's a good line. That was funny, Sid. That was was a good line. Um, they they take (laughs) on the the new, the new new, not vicious, but the new new Viking Raiders. Uh, complete with uh, Valhalla, the new name for for Sarah Logan. Um, this match was not very fat. It was not very uh, very long at all. Hit Row did not get a ton of offense. They made the Raiders look really strong in this with their new finisher Ragnarok. And uh, yeah, this was not. It has not been a good couple of weeks for for Hit Row, who at the time were brought back, and we're thinking. Okay, they're going to bolster the tag team division here. Maybe they could get a decent push out of this. Need babyface tag teams. And oh, here we go. Fast forward about four or five weeks, however long it's been since they've been back. And they are honestly barely above uh, maximum male models who are basically relegated to <laughs> Twitter shows at the point at this point. Where did the models go? They social media. They're, they're, they're putting out these really good social media videos, but they're they're are not. They- they're they're not on TV right now. I think they're kind of producing their own stuff, trying to get back on television. I think that's what they're doing right now. But I think it would be easier for them to get on TV if they were on Raw. When you got two hours and you you can't even get Liv Morgan on the show for two weeks in a row, it would be easier to get on TV if they dropped that maximum male model crap. That's what they need to drop and just get just start all over again. Now that would be good. Two guys sitting there, they said, "Hey, this model crap didn't work." So let's think and go through the show. Let them put, put those videos out. Then they're going to debut a new gimmick and then come out with it. Didn't see what the fans say. Just talk straight up to them. Yeah, you want to talk about stock up, stock down. Uh, you look at where L.A. Knight was back when he was Max Dupree compared to where he's at right now. Um, I think he's got to feel pretty good about his uh, his. Well, he's right he's in an environment that he, he knows how to work in. Oh, he's going to thrive, yeah. For sure. Well, For sure. He'll do a lot better. Dutch, what did you think about Dominic and Rhea attacking Rey Mysterio at his own home on Thanksgiving? What what that was corny as hell. <laughs> it's just I went, what the hell? 
let me in. No, you can't come in. And then they sh she shoves the door in his face, knocks him down. Then Dominic goes in there and hits, breaks a crutch over his leg. And I shatters a photo. They, I think if you're going to produce that, I think one punch and that's it. You don't have to get him down, kick on him. Just say, Dad, listen. And let him almost try to get along and then have Dominic to slap the crap out of him. Then the mama steps in and they back off. I'd leave it like that. Personally, I can't get over the fact, SP3, that Rey Mysterio was wearing his mask inside of his own home. To be fair, he, if you watched it, he was putting on the mask yeah, when he, he came to the door. Up. He realized they okay. were recording it. So it looked like he was he, adjusting. So, may, yeah. No, nah, it looked like it. Sense. He was putting the, the mask on. So, I give them credit for that. But damn, Ray, close the door a lot faster. If I don't want, if I don't want somebody at my door, I'm not closing the door in slow motion. Slow enough for them. I know you injured. I don't know what happened. To get it. Did, did Gunther hurt his leg? I don't know what happened. But... Uh, I believe uh, he was hurt either in that match or he did something after that match to hurt his foot. But, yeah. That... Uh, but he was closing that door too damn slow. You should have just slammed it like that or put it in their face. He's Oh, man. I was it, so it would have been a much, big, uh, much better like badass moment if he goes to slam the door and Rhea just throws her hand up and catches the damn thing. Right, yeah, like and her hand goes through the glass. Well, yeah, yeah there was that out. part of it. Oh there, there's that part of it. Bleeding it ass. Oh. <laughs> Make her look badass. See, I Dutch knows how to book it. You guys get serious here when we talk about this. Rick is talking all kind of crap going on, and oh, jeez, he, he's still sick. Still sick. Five weeks now. Uh, I'm loving my life. Absolutely loving my life. He's living a right. life, ladies and gents. Before we dive into uh, everything that was brilliant with the uh, bloodline tonight, uh, was tonight a better showing SP3 for Shotzi? We were very critical about what happened last week. This week, Ronda and Shayna just attack Raquel and Shotzi ahead of their tag team match. So they kind of rinsed and repeated what they did with, with, with Liv Morgan. Remember when Liv Morgan was supposed to be challenging Ronda Rousey and then they either put her in a handicap match or she competed in some kind of multi-person match and was getting her ass kicked ahead of that matchup. And we're like, this is stupid. Why the hell are you doing this? You're putting, you know, your heart before your brains. They basically did that same thing mm -hmm. with Shotzi tonight. She goes out there to do a, a handicap match after they broke Raquel's arm backstage. Raquel then comes out and tries to save her with one good arm. She immediately gets torn apart. She ends up tapping out and gets hurt even even worse. So at least they protected Raquel and in the looking stupid. They, they both, both wind up looking stupid. Shotzi, I'll take on both of you. Why would you do that? Ahead you of the biggest opportunity you've I'm had in your one life. One of you, but let's make it fair. And you could have done the same finish. And all of a sudden, here comes Raquel with the busted up arm, and she's damn laying there sucking tears down. I mean, if you're that stupid to go get your ass whipped, I don't see where any heat is. It's just, I'm not mad at uh, Rhonda and Baszler. I'm just amazed at, uh, at the intellectuality of the <laughs> of Shotzi and Rodriguez. What the hell are y'all thinking? Yeah, they're they're not booked like uh, road scholars there. SP three tonight. That that's for sure. 
right, I'll say the good. The good was the angle backstage. That was very effective. It felt like, you know, Ronda and Shayna were these, you know, badasses who were wrecking shop, you know, injuring one of the baby faces. And he, she kept Shotzi healthy because she still wants Shotzi to have the match tomorrow. So they kept Shotzi healthy. They just took out her friend. Shotzi coming out. I get this. That's that's baby face stick one on one for for WWE. The good part about this was Ronda and Shayna are definitely over as heels because this crowd hated them, booed them right out the building. So they are a great pairing together. But my God, when this bell rang, this was off. This was not a good match. This was not a pretty match. It looked like they they didn't have anything, uh, you know, didn't know what they wanted to do from move to move. It just felt very clunky, very out of control. And then Raquel coming out with the injured arm. I'll give it credit for selling the arm, but that didn't really help the the match. It helped the finish. The finish was the best part of the match because it was done. But, I mean, the match itself, no, this was not very good. So that's two back-to-back weeks where Shotzi was. Is an upgrade. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to it's say. I, I'm. I'm it, not sure. Tra- yeah, it's. It was bad. It was very bad. Very bad. Yeah. Uh, I, me personally, I think I, I agree with you, SP3, and the fact that Shayna and Ronda just beating the hell out of people backstage because they can. I, I love that. I, I, I genuinely love that. Them taking out Raquel Rodriguez so she can't be there to help out Shotzi and even the playing field at Survivor Series. Great. Love that. Probably should have ended it there. I didn't mind Shotzi's promo after the match, other than the forced PG language that they try to make these people use and then sound badass, and it just does not. It never lands. It never lands, no matter the inflection you use. But regardless, because we know that's not how adults talk. But regardless, I did enjoy her promo afterwards. I think if they had just kept it to the backstage stuff and just decided to skip the match tonight, maybe did something else in that spot, Maybe not rush your opening segment. You could have used that time there to 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 pace things out. Could have brought bit. Bray Wyatt out again. <laughs> you could have brought Becky those. Lynch back out and had her do her her interviewer promo in front of the crowd instead of the sweeping "I'm leaving" backstage thing that they did tonight. You could have done that. Do that. I must have already left it. Yeah, they it it, it was. You know, if you had gone to the bathroom, you would have missed it. Like it was very, it was very quick. It was 30 seconds. It was, Hey, I'm back. You know, everybody talks tough until the man comes around. Everybody's ready to go war until the man comes around. We'll see you tomorrow night. It was very in out basic promo one-on-one stuff. The spur of the moment call. Yeah, it was, it was basically exactly what they did with LA night last week, except there wasn't uncle howdy on the side of the door to attack Becky Lynch. It was the same. It was the same thing. It was, Hey, you're leaving. Let me hey, talk to you real quick, and then you're out. What if you had an aunt, Howdy? Oh, I'm sure that's coming at some point yeah, down the road. That, the aunt Howdy, and I'd like to see those two together. Uncle and aunt Howdy. Like the Howdy. aunt and uncle Howdy. The Howdy family. Yeah. Now, if they use that, we're going to sue them because we came up with it here. Okay. Uh, Jim, uh, Jim saying that Shayna and Ronda need to be the tag team champions soon. They need to be tag team champions at some point. Um, we, we right. just need some, we need some tag teams period in the women's division. Um, cause is, is there one other than th- literally the only other tag team they had was Raquel and Shayna or Raquel and Shotzi. Raquel has got a broken arm and a dislocated elbow kayfabe style now. So that tag team's done. 
for an extended period of time if you want things to make sense. So, hey, Bray Wyatt could probably fix that though. <laughs> him and him and Uncle Howdy. Oh, Why well, you never know? Aunt, you... Aunt Howdy triage. Yeah, thinking, fix, uh... Just get out Aunt, there. Aunt Howdy triage. There yeah, you go. Aunt Howdy triage. <laughs> now we're thinking. Done. Yeah, now <laughs> we'll, we'll get that done. Uh, all right, so let's talk about KO going to get Sammy's ass whipped. Uh, I, I absolutely loved the liar, the liar. I loved this backstage segment with, with Jey Uso. Just r- right place, right time as far as Jay's concerned, but absolutely the worst possible positioning for Sammy is concerned. And, and KO was, was absolutely right in what he said. He's like, hey, look, you know you say dumb stuff. And I, I said something very, very similar uh, on a, a pre-show earlier this week for Survivor Series predictions, at least I believe I did, um, where I said that, uh, look, Sammy has a tendency to talk himself into an ass beating. And at some point, that's what's going to happen with the bloodline. And KO comes in and he tries to interject this and saying, first off, KO, KO walking up and saying, my dog, what's going on? <laughs> Imitating Sammy Zayn was hilarious. Um and him just kind of putting these thoughts into Sammy's mind, and you and you see the the, the hamster wheel turning there, going, shit, he's right, you know, like it's yeah. there, he's right, this is definitely going to be happening. And it's almost like I have, I know I've stepped in it. He said, "Now how can I get out of this without?" Yeah, getting- he's in too deep. He, yeah. he's it's like it's like an undercover agent in with the. And with the cartel, is like you guys he's, gotta get me out of here. I mean, he's deep. Leonardo DiCaprio in Departed. Yeah, if you ever, if you ever seen Departed, that's Sam Zayn right now. Well, and hopefully he doesn't have the same fate as Leonardo DiCaprio. At least that's what he's hoping at hoping at this point. And then Jay Uso hearing all this and coming to Sammy, and S- Sammy knows he could not tell the truth in that situation. Yeah, he knew he could not tell the truth because he knew. But the pause was great. Yes, talk to somebody. And you can see that brain turning. No. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. yes. I, I just got and I here. Little kids, I, I, I literally just got here. He yeah. is playing because we saw it. Yeah. He's uh, like, I'm, I'm talking to you. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's That's okay. Go on and get your ass in here. My yeah. dogs, what's going on? It was a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment. And I think that it's starting – you, you can see the, the, the seeds being sown for, for what we're going to get come WrestleMania season. At some point, KO and, and Sammy are going to be ending up on the same team going against the Usos, and I'm I'm going to enjoy the ride as we get there. Our main event tonight was Sheamus and Drew McIntyre against the Usos, and once again, KO comes into this looking like a, a total genius. Sammy Zayn is trying to get in there with the, the, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship belt, try to help his team win. KO stops him, asks him what the hell you're doing. Kevin Owens then chucks him into the damn ring. Referee tosses Sammy out, and while he's tossing Sammy out, KO gets in the ring, stuns Jay Uso. Jay Uso then hit, gets hit with a uh, a a broke kick. One, two, three. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus end up winning the match, which really makes sense for the structure of War Games because that means the it does because you know what's going to happen. SP three. Roman Reigns is going to be the last guy to enter that match. And there's going to be a spot in that match where Roman Reigns comes down and starts beating the hell out of people at the end of that match. And that would be all fine and dandy. If they were the baby faces, this does not work for the structure of war games at all. Every single time, whether it's WWE, 
WCW, NWA, Jim Cocker Promotions, TNA, AEW, doesn't matter what promotion has done a war games type of match. When the baby faces have the advantage, it usually is not a good storytelling matchup. I have no doubt that people in this match will give us a great in-ring action type of matchup, but every single time you do the baby faces with the advantage, it goes against the war games format because the war games format gives the heels the advantage because that gives you four hot tags in war games, but now the hot tags will be by the heels. This I don't I, I didn't understand the Owens would be the last one in. Hmm? How does this work? Is yeah, like, Rome, the 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 the, the baby faces have the advantage. Comes in or is it a tag? Yeah, so so basically, guys, it's going to be two baby faces versus one heel. So basically, they're going to okay. convince the fans to root for the heels. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't thinking of the time. I was thinking towards the end, right? So that the, my thought process on this was, and you're you're absolutely right. Now that you present your your argument in that fashion, because typically you want the two on one to get heat on on the baby face. I'm thinking of the moment where you have everybody in the ring all at once and, you know, you have that moment. And I know Roman is is a heel, but he's still probably the most over guy. He still would have got that moment by being the last guy for the heel team before the last baby face comes in. He still would have had that moment just to have that one moment. Oh, Roman has to be the last person in. That's why we got him if the baby faces the advantage. I'm guaranteeing tomorrow we will see that was the wrong choice for the storytelling of the match because literally we saw this last year in NXT when the heel women were against the babyface women that had the advantage, the crowd turned on the babyfaces. Well, that's easily correctable. Why don't you just have Roman in next to last? They can't do that now. The Uso should have won tonight. That's the whole idea. So, well, they've screwed me on this one now. <laughs> you're I would reverse it. I would reverse the decision. So who won the match tonight gets the advantage from the start. So basically, yeah. basically, I can, this is how it's going to be, Dutch. You're going to have, uh, I'm just going to take two people. Sheamus and Jey Uso start the match. And then Drew McIntyre comes in. So it's going to be Drew and Sheamus versus Jay. So for, for what is it? What is it? Five minute interval? So five minutes for the crowd to be like, um... I think I'm going to start cheering for the heel because the heel is in the disadvantage here. So when Jimmy Uso comes and saves his brother, he gets the hot tag and it's like, yeah, but no, they're the heels. They're the ones we're supposed to be rooting, uh, rooting again. Then they're going to be confused. We're going to get some silence. During that I'm confused. Because... <laughs> Let's keep it. Then, then... confused before the, before the show. Then Rich Holland comes out that once again gives the baby faces the event. Like it's, it goes against the logic of war games to have the baby faces with the advantage. But I mean, if, if the, if the heels always have the advantage though, it does become formulaic. So it's going to be interesting to see. But it, this is the first do. time they're doing it on the main run. You can't use too. that argument. This that's, is the first I, time. That's Stop, easy why are you yelling at me? Why are you yelling at me? Because you're the representation of WWE. Yeah, I'm yelling at WWE. You're the representation of Dave Meltzer. <laughs> we don't want you to turn into that. See, oh, he's gone again. It's a good Where thing I'm you? on this show. Hey, but that's easily fixable. All the heels, she's got to get hurt in the first two minutes. Leg or something. Seriously, and he's out. 
then at the end when all the, the hills are up, he can come in like he's gonna make the big comeback, boom to boom, and they cut him off again. But I do still think that uh, uh, Kevin Owens last one last one in. He should be, but he's not. Now it is gonna it's gonna be the Rick scenario where, where Roman comes in and he gets that one last big pop to be the baby face, though he's the top you know, heel in the promotion. You know, they, they do make this up as they go along. I, I, Hopefully, somebody will say. You know, I was watching that Beaver Cleaver show. What's the name of it? What's our What's our new show? Beaver on YouTube. Uh, Smack Talk. Smack Talk on Russell Binge. Russell, Russell, Russell Binge. Russell Binge. On yes. Russell Binge. If hey said if they had those guys, like Russell Binge has, see, I, I would if I, I, I love was, I, I love I how you asked what... WWE. I would be I would be listening to that show. I love how you've been doing this for over a year and you still asked what the name of the show is, even though it's literally oh, written right below you. Hey, I never knew what belts I had. <laughs> Somebody said, have you ever had the universal belt? I went, where was that? And he said, it was in Memphis. I said, oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just I, I can't remember. Well, you, you, you have been hitting the head a lot, I'm sure. I have. But I see that you don't have that problem, and you're still wacky. Oh well, yeah. There's that. Does radio do you that way? Yes. It will. That, that and two toddlers. That that that'll do. I'm also been up since three a.m. and I'm exhausted as all hell. Uh, Dutch, did you get a chance to uh, catch Rampage tonight or this afternoon? I should say. No, because I got a notification from me amigo, Senor Sid. At about 20 after four. And he says, oh, don't forget that it's on early today. I went, now I said, damn. But it's 20 after four. I'm away from my house. I said, well, I'm not going to catch it. So I missed it. All right, so tell me what I missed. All right, well, the opening. Tell me what I missed so I can knock it. I've never seen it. To be fair, it was 4.05, ladies and gentlemen. I just checked. It was 4.05. I realized in the opening segment that I should probably let Dutch know Rampage is on early. I'm going I'm to have to I'm gonna have to fact check that in just a minute. Yeah. I'm going to screenshot right. it. Well, we open up SP3 with uh, FTR defeating Top Flight. I thought this was another good showing for Dante Martin tonight. Uh, thankfully, it looks like he's okay because it, it looked like he suffered uh, at least an injury scare after this match. Uh, photos surfaced on social media of him getting checked out by the doctor. Thankfully, he's okay because this team has been snake bit, and it would be nice to see them get a chance to go on a an extended run here. I, I love the pacing of the finish this match. Dante landing several near falls, flipping around, jumping around, rolling them up, uh, and then, man, just doing what he does and literally just landed right into the big rig. Like, he just stepped in a in a bear trap, and then it, it, it was over from there. I, I thought these two teams worked uh, really well with one another, and again, I love the pacing of the finish of this match tonight afternoon uh, whenever the hell this show was i love the inventive ways that ftr go into the big rig now like they do like a couple like drop downs leapfrog and then eventually they hit the big rig it's very fun and unique how they do it and overall this was a really good opener to the show these two teams have styles that uh shouldn't really mesh but they mesh very well with each other ftr just has that old school kind of grounded focus on psychology of the matchup while top flight just hit a bunch of big moves love the exchange with dax and dante i think that was the highlight of the 
of the whole entire matchup and FTR make, getting the win and getting another defense of the ROH tag team titles ahead of final battle makes a lot of sense. But I'm just happy about what we got later in this show. I know when, when Dax tells us that he is challenging the best wrestler in the world. And now on Wednesday, we get Dax Harwood versus Brian Danielson. When Dax was having matches with CM Punk earlier this year, I was like, yo, after that match, I was like, imagine Dax versus Brian Danielson. So to get it now, seven, eight months later, I'm just so happy. I'm ready for Wednesday. You got that. Death Triangle Elite match three. Dutch got to start watching Dynamite. Come on, Dutch. Wait a minute. Watch Dynamite. I would be... I would be watched out. I can't watch too much. You know, Dutch, there's wrestling on every night of the week now. Yeah, but I can't. That's why I stay away from it. See, it's like being addicted to drugs. You just can't take drugs on Wednesday and Monday and then Friday. It's pretty soon you're just going to you have to go into a, a facility because you're drug addicted. So I don't want to go into a wrestling addicted facility where they only have like, you know, those old cartoons on like Bugs Bunny and stuff because they would turn all wrestling off. So since I'm not going to quit I'll just stay with Ramparts. Is that the name of it? Ramparts. He said Ramparts! Ramparts. Put, it, put it on social media. Ram Dutch Mantel says it's called AEW Ramparts. Hey, that's a good name I think. Don't you think Rick? So let's talk about Chris Jericho's promo tonight. Um <laughs> Coming off of his successful title defense against uh, Ishii on Wednesday, in which, seriously, Dutch, you should watch Dynamite from time to time. Chris Jericho literally got busted open this week just from getting slapped in the chest too many damn times. It was absolutely great to watch that match in the main event. He comes out, claims he's the greatest Ring of Honor champion of all time, SP3. He talks that smack until Claudio Castagnoli comes out. At the end of their promo exchange, we now have our final battle main event. We were wondering who Jericho would defend the title against. It's going to be against Claudio Castagnoli. If he loses, though, SP3, he has to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Your thoughts on the uh, stipulation and what that might mean for the main event at final battle? Mad to that stipulation. Mad. I felt so mad at that stipulation. This was not built up well. It, it, it's like, oh, uh, like that's all? That's all? If he loses, he joins the Jericho Appreciation Society? I'd rather a loser leaves town. Like if he loses, he quits AEW and only works in ROH or something like that. Making something unique like that. Like Jericho Appreciation Society, I was like, ah, blah. Blah, I'm done. I'm over this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here for the matchup, and it makes sense based on the booking going into full gear. But I don't understand why Claudio took the pin at full gear if he was going to be the challenger at final. Yeah, Battle. I, I said this to Rick, I believe, on a prediction show last week, and I'll say it again here. It we shouldn't have had that four way at, at full gear. Like it didn't make any sense going into the show. Don't make any sense coming out of the show if this is the final battle main event. I uh, got a super chat here. Ozzy uh, saying that Rampart was from emergency TV series. I'm I'm not sure what that is. I, I don't get the reference, but thank, thank you, Ozzy, for bringing Rampart. It used back. to be a show. I make a little joke. Everybody's saying, oh, he's lost it. 
I know it's Rampage. I just said Ramparts because of Sid. I was trying to think of another name with Ram, but hey, Ram Truck. I, Ram, Ram 150. Ram 150, they got one. Ramrod. Hey, that's a good one. There you right. go. You're welcome. Team Ramrod. Um, yeah. Do we think Claudio hey, Ozzie, that's, gonna cost you, that's gonna cost you ten dollars, Ozzy. So copy that. Um, work it, it up. Do we think Claudio wins at final battle, or do we really expect him to wind up in the Jericho Appreciation Society? No, he's he's I think he wins at final battle. I, I think they established that one-on-one Claudio can beat Chris Jericho. Yeah. So I think this was this was all just a little program, a little angle, a little storyline to give more attention to Ring of Honor. It did elevate the championship. I think yeah. Jericho, with his work, especially with that match with Ishii, and, and putting his chest on the line like he did, his titty yeah. was bleeding. That's what I'm basically saying to y'all. His titty was bleeding. So um, the, the, the all the work he's put in, he's put over the Ring of Honor title that it means more when Claudio wins it back at final battle. Yeah, and that's what I was hoping that where this was going when Jericho took the belt off of Claudio. I'm like sitting here and I'm like, okay, I I don't know why they did that. Claudio was having a good run. It barely really got going, but if you do all of this just to put Claudio over in the end, then yeah, 100%, uh it was worth it. But SP3, see the difference between WWE and AEW. WWE lately, they're not switching that belt every other week. AEW, they will switch it whenever they feel like it. There is a point of no return because if you just switch it just for the sake of switching it, yeah, it's different. I don't know if it'll help them or hurt them, but I do think there is something to a long title reign because we'll never see one like Bruno had. How many days did he go? 600, 700 days? He went no, like was- six, six years. Yeah, I was gonna say as well over that. He, I think he got to two thousand, two thousand yeah. days. Yeah, definitely over a thousand twice. Yeah, okay. yeah. So but, Roman's not even halfway there yet. Yeah. He will be by WrestleMania, I think, or at least a little after yeah. WrestleMania. He might and, and and I would I would say that the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles has changed more hands than all of AEW's titles in the in the past four months since Triple H got into control. In, in the pa- okay, in the past four months, because I'm like, don't let's not forget the TNT title picture from January, February earlier. No, no, I'm I'm not comparing. I'm not going to compare the Vince McMahon regime to what's going on in AEW. I'm just comparing the two from the past four months. He has probably changed that that woman's title more than any other title in AEW, honestly. If I if I'm remember correctly, we've only probably had one or two title changes for AEW World Championship, a couple of other titles, but the WWE Women's Tag Team title has changed like four four freaking times in four months. Yeah, and they, they they and that's that's uh, miraculous considering the fact that there's really only two teams uh, in the entire division. I loved SP3 Tony Storm's promo tonight. Uh, I thought it was it, she just came off very genuine, like. Obviously very disappointed. Talked about the difference between, you know, her and, and Jamie Hayter. Gave props to Jamie Hayter. Said, I always knew she had it in her. But almost like she was disappointed that that Brit and Rebel got involved in that matchup. Um, says, look, she broke her face trying to defend that belt. She's going to come back and, and break her face again if she has to to win that championship. And even, the, even when Renee brought up the fact that her reign is now recognized as 
you know, an official world title reign, which thank God they did that. Right. If they're, if they're going to go ahead and make Jamie Hayter the, the champion, they should have done this retroactively. I'm glad they did. So she wasn't wiped from the lineage of the championship because she did a really, really good job when she was the AEW women's champion. Um, there's still going to be a lot of meat uh, here to, to return this. I loved how just genuine and, and kind of disappointed all around about how everything went down. I, I enjoyed this a lot, this exchange with Renee tonight. How, how long was that interview? You think at least a minute? About that, yeah. I would say about three, it's, like two and a half, three minutes. Was really? It? Yeah. Well, they actually, they actually, because they had different angles to it. I think when I saw the clip online, it was like two, two more than two minutes long. But I, it felt I, quick. It felt quick. Yeah, it did. It did feel. It did feel quick because most of their backstage segments feel very fast. Uh, but I will say they've done a good job with the people that lost their championships this week. I think they had good follow ups for all those guys. You had the emotional segment with John Moxley and William Regal and Brian Danielson bringing in the real life addiction, and then Tony Storm here. I felt like this is the most interesting her character has been. That losing the title has actually helped her because she was very uh kind of like compelling as a character. Character. I was like, what's going to happen next? What she's going to do next? How is she going to come back to what uh, Jamie and Britt did to her? I'm very interested in her character a lot more than I was when she held the title. Okay, let me, do you think that that is her interview or do you think they gave it to her? I, I think she had hers. Yeah, I think she had a, a lot of input in there. It was. It felt like she was talking from the heart, like a friend. Like she views Jamie Hader well, as a friend. Like when she was saying, "I there's a part of me that's proud of her." I, I like that. I like that she said that. Like she's there's a part of me that's proud of her for actually doing it, but I'm not proud of the way she did it. And, uh, you know, going into that. And I love the way she looked because immediately I was like, what's going on? Like, she she looked like she hasn't slept and then talking about her broken face. And I broke my face losing this championship. I'll break my face again, gaining it back. That's a great. That's one of the best lines I ever heard from Tony Storm. I've heard yeah. promos from her in the UK indie scene, WWE, NXT UK, NXT, the main roster. That's the best line that I've ever heard her say. Yeah, if I had to get if I had to venture a guess, I think her and Renee sat down about what they wanted to, you know, get out and brainstormed with each other and then put it together. I think hey, and Renee has a great a great mind for that. Yes, she does. Because she can tell you right away, does it sound honest? Does it sound true? And and I, I think they like her. They all like Renee, but she has a really uh a good vibe around her that she wants to make everybody better. So if, but if, so if she can do stuff like this, don't, don't even mess with her. Just say, just do what you do and let it work. And I think the girls, after they saw that interview, they probably said, damn, that was, that was pretty damn good. Cause you felt it. Yeah. And this is where you got to touch them. You got to touch them here. You got to almost bring them in make it a personal thing. And when you make it a personal thing and they feel the fans feel the way you do, you got them. Yeah. 100%. I look, I, I bringing in Renee is a, a slam dunk hire for, for AEW. There's so many little things that she just does well with her job and, and little tweaks that she can help make other people better too. That bringing her back is, is, there's a lot of things that are going to be improved as far as backstage segments that 
people may not recognize and may not actually give her the credit for, but she is there and it, she's making a difference already. Uh, we're, we're way over on time already here, SP3, so let's uh, expedite a few things. Darby Allen beat uh, Anthony Henry tonight with a coffin drop after Sting took out J.D. Drake. I thought this match was fine. It was, it was okay. It was kind of a rampage match. It was just kind of there for me tonight. Yeah, I just felt like they wanted to get a match out there to give Darby Allen a singles win coming off the heels of the win with him and staying at full gear, which makes sense. But it, it really felt like it was just it was just a match. Yeah, it was just there. There was nothing. There was nothing to follow up on it of what we are supposed to be interested in Sting and Darby coming out of this. And it feels kind of confusing because how did the losers Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal seem like they're in a feud with the AEW World Tag Team yeah. Champions, but the undefeated team for the past two years, Sting and Darby have been undefeated at Tag Team as a tag team. They should be getting a shot sometime soon. Do they still have rankings? Are they doing the rankings anymore? No, they don't do the rankings anymore. Are you talking logic? Yes. But don't talk logic. That's what I'm hearing. They'll just throw it out there. Hey, he is our common sense coordinator. All right? He he is trying to bring the common sense word to professional wrestling. That's what he's here to do. And give me credit, Dutch. I, I get I get called all the time. People say I'm I'm the I'm the AEW supporter here, so I'm criticizing AEW. You should appreciate that. I do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I try not to criticize them anymore than I have to. But talking about Renee, if anybody can help those backstage interviews, it is going to be her. Because up to now, I, I, I'm not impressed at all by their backstage stuff. But leave her alone, and she'll she'll correct most of that. Not all of it, but most of it. We did have another backstage segment uh, that did not involve Renee Paquette. Uh, this oh, was this was Athena tonight. Oh, that's really sucked. <sighs> Jesus, <laughs> go ahead, Rick. <laughs> so, what did Athena say? Well, I did absolutely love her no selling her apology uh, to to Aubrey Edwards, but SP3, I, I her promo to me didn't make a lot of sense. Where she's talking about I beat what? I beat what? jobber after jobber after jobber, waiting for Mercedes. Like, how how did those two things correlate with one another? She was beating you know no name wrestler week after week after week, waiting for Mercedes Martinez to show up, like. How do those two things correlate with one another? Did I miss something? Because I I loved her no-selling the apology to Aubrey Edwards, but what she said afterwards, while I liked her delivery, didn't didn't add up to me. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what what was you waiting for Mercedes Martinez for? I don't understand. Were you like, have you been coming after the right? Well, if you win matches on AEW Dark, is that the real ROH women's division or something? I don't know. Is that that the it's the ramparts division? The Ram, the Ramparts division. No, is that really, she was beating people that weren't even signed to the company. So how can that even be the Ring of Honor Women's Division? Hey, a lot of people in Ring of Honor ain't signed the Ring of Honor contract. They signed the AEW contract. So it wouldn't That's be out there. The realm of possibility. I'm fine with Athena versus Mercedes Martinez at final battle if that's going to be the ROH Women's Championship. Once again, I'm going into a Ring of Honor pay-per-view where I th- I'm calling for the challenger to beat Mercedes Martinez. I'm all 
all for Mercedes having a run, but I didn't think the run should go that long. I thought Serena Deeb should have beat her in July at Death Before Dishonor, but now I'm going to say I think Athena should beat her oh, in yeah, here. Belter, so. Please, Belter. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I was a little disappointed in... Uh, Belter, Sid. I was a little disappointed in in Sheeta and Queen tonight too because I wanted to see more of Queen. I I I like her. She's got a lot of talent. Sheeta kicked her ass inside of thirty seconds, and I, Penelope Ford and the Bunny were watching. I I did I miss something there, or is this something that's new? This felt like they were trying to do what I was asking for in the Derby match is like some type of story coming out of this to sink my teeth into, but it was like so non-committal. Like it was just like the bunny and Penelope Ford are here before her car sheet is match. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what do they have like history? I know a car defended her title against Penelope Ford, but that was like two years ago. I don't know why this is going on now. Uh, I thought Queen Nambianda was a uh, great, you know, she's got a great look, great size, uh, right. you know, makes her own attire, very talented. And she's been tearing it up on the independent scene. So I was glad for her to have this fight. And I agree with you. The match should have went longer because Akara Shida is one of the best workers in this women's division. And I'm all here for her having a non-title feud, but make it something like a feud, not just random person comes out and yeah. watches your match. And that's supposed to be the start of a feud now. I agree. I agree I, with you, Sid. I didn't get it. Let's talk about the most like savage thing that they could possibly do on this uh, on this show tonight. So Roosh ends up getting the win in the main event over Johnny Hungy after negative one sends ten down to the ring to save his Dark Order brethren, and then ten just turns on everybody. And starts laying Dark Order members out with the discus lariat. He tears Evil Uno's mask off after bloodying him up. He, they help put Reynolds through a table. And then Ten walks up to the top of the ramp, takes off his mask, and throws it down in front of Negative One, who is crying at this point. This is the most savage shit that they could possibly do. How old is Negative One? What is he, 12? If that, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this was some savage shit. I love every second of it. You I love every second of it. And I must pay you just to describe that one more time. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see the show. I'm going to have to, maybe I can find it. I you got to watch that, that angle. You got to watch that angle. That you would that. appreciate it. You would appreciate tell it. Me, tell me that again. I'm, okay, SP3, you're going to have to go. I'm, I'm telling so, Yeah, so, so 10, 10 basically was supposed to be in a trios match with John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order versus yeah. LFIs, Roosh, the Butcher, and the Blade. But he he didn't even show up for the interview with, with Mark Henry. And John and Silver and Reynolds was like, we don't know where he's at. He's supposed to be here, but we're ready for a fight. Then they got interrupted by LFI. So they come out. It's basically a three-on-two for the whole entire match. Then towards the end, we see Evil Uno and Negative One, Brody Lee's uh, son, uh, call out uh, 10 to come out. He comes out. He confronts Roosh. And then he turns around and clotheslines Silver. He lays out Reynolds. Uh, Roosh gets the win. And then he starts destroying the whole Dark Order using 
Brody Lee's discus lariat yeah. on the Dark Order, the group he created, lays out Reynolds through a table, and then he goes up, he takes off his mask in front of Negative One, the guy <laughs> that said he was his favorite member of the Dark Order that actually got him the main event at Brody Lee's tribute show where Brody Lee passed away, takes off the mask, drops it in front of Negative One, Negative One's there crying, picking up the mask. People in the crowd are crying because you just made a little kid cry. This was gold! This is the best thing that Ted has done! Make little kids cry! That's what we're here for! Nuclear level heat. Like, instant nuclear level heat. Hell, I'm hot as hell right now just hearing about it. <laughs> I'm furious. Absolutely. I mean, it was great. I mean, there yeah. was so many like sacred, you can't do that stuff on TV stuff that they just said, F it, we're doing it all. We're doing everything here. This is instantly the most, um, you know, interesting that 10 has been in quite some time. I do feel bad for like evil Uno. <laughs> it's just like, damn it, what am I going to do now? Uh, and and John Silver. Hey, I got a new <laughs> idea. Why don't I just don't I don't watch Rampage anymore? You got <laughs> just describe to me what you saw. I think it makes for a better show. Myself. You just don't want to watch Rampage anymore. Ramparts. I've renamed. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> you want to watch? You want to watch Ramparts instead of Rampage? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, we are way over time, and I'm going to get yelled at, and I need to stop talking. So I uh, appreciate everybody who tuned into the show tonight. Enjoy Survivor Series tomorrow night. I'm not going to talk for four days, uh, and we'll be back next week here on the uh, Wrestle Binge by Sports Kita YouTube channel, Facebook channel, as always. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Again, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and a Black Friday. And we'll talk next week. This has been, hey, Dutch, what's the name of the show? Ramparts. Rampage. Rampage. That's our Rampage. show. The name of our, our show. show. Our show is Smack Talk. Man, look at him. We got it right. We'll end on a high note. But somebody told me one day it was Talk Back. I mean, Smack Back or something. Now, that's what you called it for the first three months. Well, I don't We care. just never you corrected know, you. You know, what I, you know what I was talking about. Yeah, I got you. Because, listen, when I, when I kind of got away from running, I just quit watching it. I mean... You can only watch, it's like you can only watch so much football. You can only watch so much wrestling. I don't and, know. I think I can watch, I think I could watch football now until the end of time, to be honest with you, but that's just me. Yeah, but for 12 months a year? Yes. You could not, Rick. You're just a lying bastard. Now, I couldn't watch Bengals games because my heart couldn't take it. But I could I could I couldn't watch games that I'm emotionally invested in for a year because my heart wouldn't take it and I would eventually die at the age of like 46. But I could watch football games all year. I do want, enjoy watching football. All right, we're out of time. We're way over. I'm gonna get yelled at. Go, it's weekend, guys. Girl,